What is a Christian film anyway? Is there even such a thing? And if so, what is it? We discuss this and more with special guest filmmaker Ben Coppin, Ben Ironside Coppin, on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, filmaholic, and with me as always is my scintillatingly cinephilic co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and for the second week in a row, the <laughs> author of the brand new burr, book burr. called Finding God in Hollywood. This is my book. It is my story. It is about Hollywood. It is about stories. It is about faith. And if you want to read about how the divine and God and, and what, what those things have to do with stories and narrative and art, read it. But also, if you just want some behind the scenes looks at some good Hollywood gossip from my perspective in the past decade that I've been on set and talking to people, read it for that too. But check it out. Finding God in Hollywood. Available everywhere books are sold. Um, yeah, this is, you only got two more times with this, guys. I promise. And then it's over. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. <laughs> oh my well personally i love hearing you hawk your stuff on on our podcast i mean that's why we have a podcast right exactly, yes <laughs> um well and anyway but beyond that we also have our podcast because we get to talk to really cool people like see that was a really good segue our nice. very special guest he is a writer director who has a passion for finding honesty and truth within the medium of film he loves collaborating with actors, pushing each other to find what is authentic within each moment. He began his career working in documentaries, and his work has informed how he approaches narrative films. His Ironside, his studio's recent release, Return to Me, is a fully improvised drama learning on his documentary philosophies. His new film, Pastor's Kid, is set to release later this year, tackling the topic of authentic faith versus religious hypocrisy within the Christian church. He is the brave. The beautiful, the benevolent, Ooh. Benjamin ah. Ironside Coppin. Ben, thank welcome you. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that wonderful intro. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I feel just loved and seen and just beautiful. All the things. That's great. Oh, it's ben, all downhill your, from here. Yeah. Is your middle name really Ironside? It is. That's our Scottish, our Scottish clan. Bless me, bagpipes. That's and then so what's, cool. It's a pretty cool <laughs> name. And then my grandpa was a theologian that actually trained Billy Graham. He was one of Billy Graham's wow. teachers back in the day. So the whole story we got growing up, his name was uh, Henry Allen Ironside. And so that was like put on us as kids. And the whole story was <laughs> that he would go into bars and he would do ministry when everyone was drunk and he would play hymns on the piano to try to get people talking about God and faith when like people wouldn't go into the bars. So, so you're in the family like, business of evangelizing through beautiful art. There you go. Exactly. In exactly. the places of inspired it. Yeah. Honestly, in the, in the, the place of, of. Oh, so go ahead. No, 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 no. I was going to say in the place was where Christians don't always go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or at least exactly. shouldn't go if you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't go to bars, especially if you're Baptist. I was raised yeah, Baptist. You don't. Because because bars lead to dancing, dancing leads to holding hands, and ha holding hand leads to, I don't know something else, something more. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's the old joke is you're not allowed to have sex before marriage because it could lead to dancing. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm very excited to have this conversation with you because we're going to be discussing, unpacking what even is a Christian film anyway. 
But first, before we get into that, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with our content, and then also uh, go in meet other overthinkers like themselves, where can they go to do both those things? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts. And it's there that they can send us all of their love mail and hate mail. We do really love getting both sets. It, it feeds our egos. So send us love <laughs> and hate. We don't care. Attention's attention is uh, attention. You <laughs> yes. can also go to our Facebook overthinkers group where there's now 10,000 plus overthinkers having fun and getting to great discussions about the stuff we talk here talk about here and it, but it's mostly memes just be be warned it is mostly memes <laughs> intellectual do, memes yes intellectual <laughs> memes highbrow memes and if you do enjoy the podcast would you please consider leaving us a review it does help us so very much and share with a friend <laughs> yes and as usual uh nathan is continuing his trend of in a um, doing different notes for different uh, words in that pitch. So Subverting that expectations. Actually, exactly, so that you will actually listen and actually leave us a review, which it really does matter a lot. Pretty please. Uh, well, okay. Everybody uh, ready to get started on our topic today? Let's mm, do it. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. It's okay. It's okay. You have every reason to be nervous. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. The Christian film industry has been a force in Hollywood since the early 2000s with The Passion of the Christ breaking records for R-rated films and proving that there is an audience for movies that deal explicitly and positively with God and in Christianity after years of Hollywood largely neglecting those stories. And movies like Facing the Giants and Fireproof, whose family-friendly inspirational Christian message formula set the standard for faith-based films to this day. Such films have since generated mainstream controversy with the highly political God's Not Dead franchise and started to even become mainstream with movies like I Can Only Imagine becoming the highest grossing independent film of that year and this year's Jesus Revolution opening at number three at the box office. But with its success has come the question, what is a Christian film? As our friend Tyler Smith pointed out in his documentary, Real Redemption, what we think of as a Christian film today is largely defined by the tropes that the Christian film industry realized that Christian audiences want to see in their films, such as family-friendly dramas where someone learns to trust in Jesus. But is that all that what defines a Christian film? Various of people have, since the dawn of faith-based cinema, tried to make films that deal explicitly with God and Christianity that break some of these tropes. Martin Scorsese, Silence, his movie Silence, portrayed priests who ultimately give up on their faith or ambiguously perhaps, our very own Spencer Fulmar tried to tell a traditional Christian drama with an R rating with generational sins and shooting heroin. Others, however, have argued, like Joe Boyd writing What is a Christian Movie Anyway for the Huffington Post, that any movie that reflects Christian values, even if it doesn't explicitly mention God or Jesus, such as Matt Atrix or Wally, is a Christian film. Others, like Christopher Williams, writing for Medium in the piece Why I Hate Christian Movies, claims there is no such thing as a Christian film, arguing that there is no such thing as Christian music, movies, or literature, and the word Christian would apply to anything other than a person is nothing more than a marketing term. So, Ben, beautiful Ben, is there such a thing as a Christian film? If so, how would you define it? I think that both those reviews kind of hit the nail on the head for me, where there's like a big view and like a little view of of kind of this this mm. question or this genre where you know from a worldview standpoint if we believe god is the ultimate creator god is the creator god he created this he created stories he created every image we you know everything we see so essentially any art that we create uh in any capacity is going to at some in some way reflect the creator god um to some capacity so for, for like a heady kind of larger worldview perspective it's kind of like all art is god's art or all art is christian art because 
God is the ultimate creator. So none of it would exist without him having created that. Um, but, but on a smaller scale, I think we definitely need to have those kind of genres or those boxes in a way that we're like putting things in of like Christian radio, Christian films. I, I understand that we need to, to kind of categorize things. And so um, I, I get that. And I feel like, especially like as a parent now, like having kids, it's like Christian radio that doesn't have potty words in it and things like that are helpful. But I will say this is my wife and I struggle with sometimes on the Christian radio, they're raising money for starving children in other country, or they're telling some of these harder stories. So even though my, my uh, three-year-old and six-year-old are in the car listening to the safe family Christian radio, there is the reality of the hardness of the world, even within that hmm. space. It's, we can't just keep this stuff squeaky clean um, because the world's not squeaky clean. So that's where I, I definitely struggle with what that definition is. And I think, uh, you know, nowadays we're seeing faith and family paired together. They're, they're, they're the yeah. same thing. It's two things brought into one. Right. And I believe that those can absolutely be together, but then you can also separate them a little bit. And the story of someone going to help starving children in another country or the realities of what's going through, that is still a faith story or can be a faith story, but it might not be a family story and that's okay. You know what I mean? Mm, and so yeah. um, th that's where I think hopefully we're starting to see this break between that definition of faith and family being one thing, because I, I think it can be, but it shouldn't always be. So I, I don't know yeah. if that answers your question, but uh, yeah, there were some ramblings no, on the topic. Yeah. So I think you really hit the nail on the head, Ben, because you are, are articulating the two different camps that I think most of us follow when we're talking about Christian art, and especially when it comes to Christian films uh, Christian music, uh, Christian literature, right? So, and, and I have to, as a Christian artist and as a, someone who loves art and as a Christian, I find myself kind of living in both of these camps. Mm -hmm. One being the Madeline Lingle side of things, right? It's the walking on water. Madeline Lingle, um, wrote a great book called walking on water that, that looks at art and Christianity and faith and kind of tries to answer this question. She comes out on the philosophy of um, her, her famous saying, which is, if it's good, it's Christian. And, th and that's what you're saying about, if it's good, it's reflecting the goodness of God that's infused in nature and reality. But then you have the other side, which is kind of the colloquial side that we've come to know and add what a Christian movie is. It looks like Kinder Brothers movies. It looks like family-friendly music. It looks like very tailored and, and polished books, uh, self-help books. And so what I realized a while ago, because I, I, I've heard that before, what you mentioned, Joseph, is that um, that there's no such thing as a Christian movie because movies can't, you know, pray to God or yeah. be uh, baptized you know, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and, I, and I get it. And that's funny, but it's a little disingenuous um, because what I think we're really saying about a Christian movie isn't so much a genre. And I, yeah. I think that's where we get lost. We kind of imagine that Christian movies are genres. Rather, it is a market. So mm -hmm. right now, when we say a Christian movie, Christian book, Christian yeah. um, music, we're really talking about the Christian audience. And so that market has been summed up as a genre, which is Christian art. And it's, it's interesting, we've talked about this before, that that market is, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it's, it's um, hugely, hugely majority 20 to 40 something women. And so an entire market has been wrapped around uh, this one very kind of slim understanding of what Christian art is. But, you know, like you were saying, Ben, what I would love to see is art going beyond. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. There's yeah. great stuff in family. I think it's valuable. I think we need it. But I do think that when it comes to Christianity, it should be able to not just be locked into this one mm -hmm. very narrow 
understanding of what Christian art is. You know, you look at scripture, scripture is filled with all sorts of different stories that are meant to connect with all sorts of different people. And I wish that Christian art wasn't locked into this genre that says it has to be family friendly, has to be, you know, appealed to this certain market. Rather, Christian art can be both veggie tales that appeals to the kids or, right. you know, a nice um, fireproof movie that doesn't have any cursing, but it can also be something that deals with really heavy reality right. or it can be a comedy or it can be a drama or it can be all these different things. But I think right now what the discussion is really centering around is that when we talk about Christian art, Christian movie, Christian uh, book, Christian music, what we're really saying is the Christian market. And mm -hmm. that's what like the genre that. Known as this particular market and their desires, right? So yes. that's kind of where I fall. What's yeah. What's crazy is so like, I grew up back in like you know high schools in like the early two thousands, you know late nineties, early two thousands. And do you guys remember there was a Christian rapper named KJ Five Two? Yes. Okay. Dear Slim. So, yes, he did a song called Dear Slim. And so uh, you know back back in the early two thousands, there was kind of this boom of like there's this uh, record label called Tooth and Nail Records. That did like Christian rap and punk rock and all that stuff. And they had like their hardcore, you know, that was uh solid state records. It's all their like yeah. Demon Hunter and you know, all these like really heavy bands. Then they had, yeah, they had Beck Records, I believe, too. That was their like Jeremy Camp. So they kind of had all these different, they had their like Christian punk and rap, they had their like traditional Christian, yeah. you know, label, and they had their like Christian metal and hardcore. And I listened to this interview with KJ52, it was this Christian rapper that kind of yeah. I would say walked uh he was a very youth group Christian rapper. Mm. Not that he didn't go further, but I remember seeing him at like a youth group thing a couple of times. But uh he was being interviewed and you know, someone was asking about his lyrics or the way he writes music. And he goes, Listen, guys, he goes, Sometimes when you're eating, you want to go to Korean barbecue, okay? And you want to like cook this big thing and you want to have it be a whole experience where you're like cooking and eating this wonderful, yummy food. And he goes, sometimes you're on the run and you know you're having a hard day and you just need to go to McDonald's and pick up a cheeseburger, right? So you just need it very straight and easy and quick and clean. And he goes, you know, you have these like metal bands like Demon Hunter and all these guys doing these poetic deep lyrics that are dealing with like raw anguish and all this stuff. And then he goes, but you know what? Some days you're, and he's like, that's great. But some days you're like having a rough day. You need to flick on the radio and just hear God loves you right now where you're mm -hmm. at. He goes, sometimes you need that cheeseburger. This is brilliant, but I like this. And I, and I really like that analogy of like, I think both of those things can exist where it's like, and, and we don't have to always cross over. It's, it's sometimes you want that deeper thing. That's really wrestling with life struggles in a real way that connects with you at the time that you're at. And sometimes you need that more, I'm going to say hallmarky, but I don't mean that in a negative way. You need that more easy going down straightforward thing mm -hmm. yeah. uh, at that moment. And I don't think there's any, anything wrong with having those two camps. And I feel like I've seen in the Christian music space, there has been room for that, right? There has been room ah. for there to be under a Christian label, right? You have the Christian punk band and hardcore band, and you have Jeremy Camp, you know, you're allowed to have that. But within the film space, there seems to be this wall um, that I think is slowly getting chipped down. I think you have things like Jesus Revolution and The Chosen, uh, even like Father Stew or like what was Redeeming yeah. Love last year. You know, that are they're, they're slowly chipping this wall down that's saying like, this is allowed to exist in this space. It might not be for all the gods not dead or fireproof people, but it's allowed to be there. And I, I feel like slowly that wall is chipping away in a way in a way that I feel like I haven't really seen before. I wish it was going faster. I wish we were able to break down the wall quicker. Um, but no, I think totally, I, I would love to see a space where we're allowed to have both of those existing underneath the same banner, you know? So 
Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think I mean, like, you know, what 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 everybody here is saying is that, you know, again, we have sort of two definitions and two camps of people who define Christian film in, in two different ways, and they both are kind of inadequate. You do have the people who say, well, all good art is Christian art. And I love Madeline Langle, but, you know, it, 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 it that's not exactly entirely helpful or entirely true, because, again, like, you know, like you say, Nathan, we're all works of art. We're all God's creation. Mm. You say, Ben, mm-hmm. just, but not all of us are Christians. You know, um, so there is a distinction between being God's workmanship and being a Christian. And just like in film, we can talk intelligently about saying, like, there's black cinema or LGBTQ cinema, you know, cinema that represents the lives, experiences and stories of groups that are typically not represented Mm. in the mainstream Hollywood space. And we can have that conversation. Um, This the same is true of of Christian filmmaking, because partly the rise of Christian film industry came because Hollywood started to stop telling uh, those stories that felt like Christians felt like represented them. Um, And um, so that alternate space opened up, Um, you know, and and yes, you know, you can't have a Christian pizza, but you can have a Christian film because, you know, Christian films just have more room to articulate worldview and such like that. Um, On the other hand, like you said, the. I was the the um demographics for the Jesus Revolution came out and it was interesting. It came in number three at the box office and it was predominantly um women over the age of 34. That was sort of the mm. and so it skewed women and it skewed older. And of course, the two that came above it, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and uh Cocaine Bear, um, <laughs> <laughs> which when everybody wants to be too uh arrogant about the fact that Jesus came revolution came in number three at the box office i just remind them that cocaine bear beat it but um (laughs) but those two their demographic was predominantly men ages 18 to 34 yeah you know Mm. so and it's just like and of course that's but the problem is that's the group that the church is having the biggest trouble reaching to yeah you're right is men 18 you know is young men and so it makes sense that the christian market reflects the christian american i mean the average christian american so for me in order to open up the space for different kinds of, of Christian films, my definition of a Christian, what I consider a Christian film is that it's a movie that um, it, one of its primary identities, one of its primary identities is that it professes through word narrative and or image that Jesus is Lord, that the Christian God is, you know, so you wouldn't say that a movie that, you know, has Christians in it or somebody in there uh, professes Christianity, but if the narrative doesn't seem like it endorses it um mm. that that's a christian film but mm. um so uh, just because it has christianity in it just because like if it has a black person or a you know a gay person yeah. in it doesn't make it that that their cinema i think that's how i do it and so that leaves room for i would say something like les miserables the movie Ooh, yeah. is a christian yeah. film because you know at the end i mean they have all the theology and at the end the th- their theology of of is validated by the movie by the events of the right. movie and right. so that's so for me, that allows room to have something like Father Stew in there. That's, mm-hmm. you know, an R rated R film. that's very hard and very dark and say, yeah, that's definitely a faith based film. You talk to anybody who's made it or, or has watched it. It is. But it does leave room for that. But it also does create a distinction because we do need to when we're talking about these things to make that distinction right. separate space, at least for now. Yeah, I think that's I, a really I, good distinction. And listen, I, I understand why marketers are always going to go towards the biggest and most accessible group in some of that entire group's desires as the quote genre. You know, if you had an option, if, if you're marketing a restaurant and you said, are you going to market, um, you, you know, like a, a Dutch 
uh, vegan food or you're going to market uh, hamburgers to everybody because right. you're always going to go with the bigger audience because it's so much more easy to get. But I love what you pointed out, Joseph, in that there actually is a market here that's being underserved. And right, while there is right. a market that went to see Jesus Revolution, which is fantastic, um, there is a market that is there that wants to see stories that connect with them and their stories. And when it comes back to definitions, it's like you said, it's not helpful necessarily outside of the philosophic sense when you get to the real yeah. world, market things and sell things and give people things with audiences. It's not helpful just to say, well, anything good is Christian. And I like what you mentioned about, well, what makes something Christian, just like what makes something a an LGBTQ movie or a black movie, is it it captures the experience and the narrative of the of a particular uh, story, right? Of a yeah. particular person, individual story or understanding. And that can look a million different ways, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can have all sorts of different kinds of experiences as a, a black person or a LGBTQ person, right? But the ultimately at the center of it, you are focusing on, or at least um, portraying someone's experience. And I think that's a really beneficial uh, definition that I think would include what you were saying, Ben, which would allow for Christian art to get outside a little bit of this understanding of just this one market, but instead say, okay, let's not use a market to define the genre. Let's actually use um, the stories and the narratives it, 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 it displays inside of it, inside right. of its creativity and its art as the genre. And I think that'd be more helpful because it would allow movies like Jesus Revolution to be made or Fireproof or whatever it is that connects with that women 34 uh, plus audience, as well as a, I'm trying to think of the equivalent to cocaine bear uh, <laughs> or the Christian yes. world, but it will allow something that would connect to a different gen, uh, demographic. You know, Father Stew, I think, did this really well. Yeah, right. It connected, obviously, to an entirely different demographic than, mm -hmm. say, uh, one of the nicer, more, you know, uh, like uh, Princess Cut would connect to. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. Both of those can exist in the same um uh christian cinema should we say yeah uh right. same world and both of them can explore faith and art from totally different viewpoints and style styles. And that's and that's what you do or doing you know in your new film uh preacher's kid is like pastor's that. kid uh, pastor's kid excuse yeah. me excuse me <laughs> i may i call episcopalian everybody you know one of our marketing guys called it preacher's kid for the longest time and i couldn't correct him i was just like yeah yeah you're right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah dude pastor's kid so yeah i mean that's what we're essentially like what we're what kind of spurned us or pushed us forth to make that film there was like two things is like I've never been a, a huge fan of, of Christian movies, uh, at least kind of in the iteration that we've seen them, kind of in my generation. Heretic! Face of the Giants. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, not that they're, you know, I think everything has its place. Listen, like, if, if there's an audience for it and people enjoy it, then, hey, that, that gets to decide if it's, you know, if it's if it's worth to continue to create, and that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, kind of being raised in that early 2000s with Christian punk, Christian hardcore, I've always kind of been like, uh, how do we make that genre of Christian film? How do we tell mm. stories in that way? Why has that been something not explored? And so I had a season actually where I worked at a church for a while and I filmed over 200 testimonies of people's lives. You know, all of these testimonies are R-rated. All of them, if made into sure. a R-rated awesome drama, 
would be Oscar winners. Like, you know, we dealt with a woman who was uh, sucked into the porn industry and had worked in the porn industry for a long time and God brought her out. You know, and, and those are the heavier stories, but we had even lighter stories of just family hardships, things that had gone on. And I'm just over here, like th the redemption that God is bringing them through. These are powerful, true stories um, that we don't need to manufacture a fireproof or, or some of these around, um, and so that's what kind of led us to kind of make pastors. It's actually a testimony of one of my friends that uh, I filmed while working at this church. And it really connected with me on this aspect of just kind of a bridged version of her story is her mom was an alcoholic. She had to basically raise her little brother when she was a kid because her mom was out drinking. She'd have to wake up her drunk mom, you know, passed out mom for work in the morning. Um, you know, as she grows older, mom becomes a Christian, then becomes a pastor. And so now all of a sudden you have this little girl that basically had to raise her little brother and her mom saying, you can't go out past seven now. You can't do these things. When she's like, mom, I used to have to wake your drunk butt up to go to work. Like, what the heck? Mm. And so, you know, the, the film is basically her picking up with her in college, like wrestling with a lot of, of this trauma that she had both uh, with her mom and in the church of kind of feeling that hypocrisy in the church and, and kind of running away from all those aspects. And uh, eventually God starts to tug on her heart. And I'll leave it vague at the end, but uh, but there's an emotional moment where she has to mm. come to terms with, is she going to be who she is now, or is she going to allow God to come into her life and, and change her, you know, and, and transform her? And it's it's left very much uh, with a lot of questions as opposed to giving answers, as I think so much, you know, as Christians, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he does all the work, he moves and blah, 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 yet in our art. We make things mm. so blunt and in your face and just like so answered. And I think a lot of times, not that that's again, bad. I think that can live in a space, but where is our art that's, that's allowing the Holy spirit to move with some of the questions we leave. Um, so, well, so that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we made the film. I was going to say, and, and, and having seen the film, what I'm, what I'm so glad to see it isn't just like, yeah, finally a, a rough raw <laughs> Christian film. Yeah. I'm happy that there's a film out there that will connect with people who don't connect with the right. current Christian films, that there's a film that they're talking about faith, that's talking about um, the reality of hope and redemption, while telling a story that is actually going to connect with people who aren't going to connect to Fireproof. Right, and I think right, that's right. so valuable. And I think there's a danger in if we allow a market, a very particular market yeah. to define what a genre is especially for christianity that means it you know if we believe this thing is true christianity if we believe it does change lives and help people that means we are limiting vastly how right. much the right. reach of this philosophy and theology and this faith and redemption that we believe we're, we're really limited to a very particular group of people most of whom are already christian by the right. way right. um and so what i love is can we move it can we can we make the definition larger than just yeah. one market? And by the way, this is not me critiquing one market. It's saying yes and. Let's yes, have right, this exactly. market for uh, one particular thing, for family friendly, for uh, you know yep. uh, clean. And, and that's great. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But the and part is let's also include these stories that will actually reach more people. And this goes back to Joseph's definition, which is let's start defining it as stories about faith and that can look so many different different ways right, what I, right. i'll say that this you know going to buy the bible is a multi-genre book yes you know it has mm -hmm. the love story of ruth and then it has you know the the war narratives of joshua and it has you know the history of chronicles and it has you know the it is all of these different and the the love poetry of of song of songs and it has <gasps> 
Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> Scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you about it later, Nathan. Yes. No. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but it's um, it's it's a but that's it. It's the Bible is multi genre, and so right. to think about right. you know that Christian the art that we should they're making should also be able to be multi genre and. It's it's like I said, it's fine. It's great that we've found one that works. We know, understand how Hollywood works. It's going to because they're like, okay, this was successful. We're going to give this more money. It's always yeah, yeah. it's always going to be that. And that's but we think that it's valuable to it fight and experiment to find new additional models mm -hmm. for different right. kinds of things. And again, other genres have this issue problem too, which is again, it's like, oh, okay, we figured out one kind of horror film we're gonna make. We're just gonna yeah. make this forever. And it takes brave people to say, maybe let's try something different to create new models. And that's kind of what I advocate for. The interesting well, thing- Think oh. about, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you wrap us up. But I mean, wouldn't it be cool to see more Christian comedies and Christian horror movies yeah. Yeah. and Christian uh, action movies yeah. and movies that have faith and redemption, but are are varied and because life is varied. All of our experiences right. are different right. genres. But Ben, before we wrap up, give us yeah. your last thoughts and words on what Christian art, what, what a Christian film is, or maybe what we should start considering it as. Yeah. I think I think Joseph hit the nail on the head. I think it's these stories that are discussing people's relationship with Jesus. I think we have to be very clear about, you know, there are stories about having a relationship with God or the mm -hmm. universe or some of these. And I think, again, those are fine and, and, and have its place and speak to a certain demographic. But I think that there is a need for us to talk about the Christian church, to talk about mm -hmm. Jesus and our literal relationship with that person, with that organization. Um, and, and I think all different types of stories can be told within that. I think that, you know, uh, just being raised and seeing hypocrisy in my own life in the church in some ways, it's like my relationship with Jesus is not dictated by my relationship with the church. It's like I, that's mm. my own responsibility. And there are so many stories of people that I know who are Christians who have left the church for seasons and had to like just debrief with God for a bit and come back and, and wrestle with those things. And so I love that aspect of <laughs> all these, yeah, Nathan, there you go. Yeah. All these stories should be open for us to discuss and tell because it helps you not feel alone. It helps mm. you feel seen. You know, one aspect of Pastor's Kid is it's a deconstruction, reconstruction story. You yeah. know, everybody is deconstructing nowadays if you go online and, and breaking apart the hypocrisies they see in religion in the church. And so our film was really meant to expose that and show that that it's okay to, to to take time away to deconstruct some of these aspects but also don't be afraid to reconstruct and open yep. yourself up to a relationship with god or jesus you know your relationship with him doesn't have to be dictated by that mean pastor mm. at the you know the church um that you grew Amen. up in so anyways that, that that's kind of uh, i think when we start to open that genre up i think as long as we we leave it with like a discussion of jesus um, I, I think there's so many stories that can be told in there in such amazing, interesting ways that I think both Christians and non-Christians can easily relate to and enjoy. So if told the right way. So boom. If if you I think you summed up everything. Yeah. So you're welcome, listeners. Clip now it, TikTok it, print there send. You go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we get to give a bunch of examples, you know, of things that both good and bad in this space in one of our favorite segments. <laughs> and we only have two, but is our blesses and curses uh, segment where we talk about give um, a work of art, media or resource that we want to recommend to you. So we bless it or one that we want to renounce and discourage you from, uh, which we curse. 
So renounce, uh, so renounce. I make the anathema. May Neptune have mercy on your soul. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, Ben, would you like to go first? Open sure. this up. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to change things around a little bit. So there is a musician named Julian Baker. Mm. Uh, she is a lesbian Christian musician. And uh, however you believe on that, you shake it out however you want. But she makes some amazing music talking about God. And she has a wonderful song called Rejoice that I would highly suggest. Mm. And all throughout us making this movie, just like this little tiny girl with this guitar. Woman, sorry, woman with this guitar. And uh, and she just has the weight and this beautiful power. If you go listen, I would highly suggest listen to a live version if you're on YouTube and just see her in like a bar or something. But um, as we were making Pastor's Kid and every step along the way, I would get like doubts and stuff. And then I would flick on that video and just be like, dude, mm. if this is how God is using this, this small woman who has a mighty mighty voice to like reach the generation and he can use our crazy christian film so uh so yes i would highly suggest julian baker and then a curse i hate to curse a movie because everyone worked really hard on it and i know how hard an it audience, is to make a movie and that's fine <laughs> and here i'm gonna curse it but i'm gonna curse it uh it's god's not dead it's the original one that's the one that i just i as i've watched classic, it about three times classic curse and i have tried guys i have tried and i get i get what it's trying to do but i think it just could have been done so much better i've heard stories behind the scenes that have made me appreciate it more of how they made it and why they made it and how i heard basically pure flicks put everything on the line for this movie to be a success so that's why it's hard to curse is it's like it paid off you know i can't say god did not lead them in some capacity but uh, when it comes to what I would deem as as uh, as art or deep or creating discussions, I would say it kind of it, it falls short on that one. So uh, yeah, uh, you are you are so kind. We have not been as kind. Be. <laughs> we have not been as kind when discussing the God's Not Dead franchise on this <laughs> series. <laughs> you know Number three, Ben. We have spoken before. The third one isn't too bad. Was it the second? The third one is not the too third bad. Third one, light in the darkness. Not too bad. Not yeah. to, I would, I would actually suggest it. I would say yes. if you're looking for one, there's legit a fight scene where he's like, you know, the, the Christian brother and the non-Christian brother get into a fight. And he's like, basically like, you left me. You didn't want to talk to me after I rebelled my, with my faith and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it creates some really <laughs> good discussions. And it, I think that's where it's hard is three shows what the franchise really could be. Sure. But it made the least amount of money, yeah. I think, out of all of them. So it, it's, yeah, it, it made yeah. the least amount of there money, and the people who were anti God's Not Dead didn't give them any credit for it. So it was kind of right. like there is there is no, you know. And I'll say this, I'll say the the ending of it is a little for me a little bit undoes it because they're very complex and nuanced through most of it, mm -hmm. and then the end kind of gets a little bit hallmarky, um, and mm -hmm. in terms of how it is. So I I, I can't fully endorse it, but you're right. It's like this is what it should have been. And there's some good social commentary. So if you want to check something out that it tries to deal with this stuff, God's Not Dead 3 is not a bad one to go for. But yes. But also, yeah. I'll say this to all the marketers out there who are marketing God's Not Dead. I think one of the reasons it probably did less well than the other ones isn't because there isn't a market who would really love seeing a more honest depiction of faith like this movie did. But rather, it was marketed to only the audience over yeah. there when maybe they should yeah. switch to market for this particular film that would have really connected with it. So yeah, yeah that, that's a good that point. Is, excellent point. Yeah, you, you were you were very nice. But my new thing <laughs> yeah. is I'm I'm just going to keep on cursing Christian filmmakers films unless they put me in them. And so ah. I can, <laughs> so, I can be like 
if you put me in your film, I won't curse it. So, you know, uh, I'll even bless it, maybe. Now, now Christian blackmail. We have Christian blackmail here. Yes. God, God's Not Dead 5, Nathan is going to be David A.R. White's other brother. That's exactly. Yes. Is that yes. exactly. Okay, okay. I like it. Any day. I'll be, day, I'll be there. Yes. Uh, you now know how to buy Nathan off, uh, Christian <laughs> filmmakers. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but okay. the loophole is I will I'll still my... curse it. You know, <laughs> okay. I'll give my that's not very nice, Joseph. I was no, I'm starring in God's Dead Five. Um okay, I'll do my my blesses and curses. I will bless the book I mentioned earlier, whether you agree with it or not, um, with, with Madeline Lingle's conclusions. Uh forget markets, forget all that. This is a good uh meditation on art and faith. Mm. And it's called Walking on Water and she really is one of the great minds of the 20th century as Agreed. far as faith writers up there with C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Read Madeline Engel's Walking on Water. It's a fantastic book. And even if you don't agree, she has some really good things to say that you will stick with you for a long time and change your perspective on both faith and creativity. And I think it's really beneficial. I'm also going to bless a song. So this song is by a non-Christian and uh, it's <gasps> one of the best Christian songs I have heard in a long time. And I know that's crazy. But the reason I say that is going off of Joseph's definition of Christian art, which I think mm. really is beneficial. It explores uh one someone's experience with faith or at least the desire for a faith it's called chinese satellite by phoebe bridgers it and who is an outspoken uh atheist who is an outspoken not christian but what i love about this song is one the honesty that she is able to talk about um the things that she desires without thinking of tribe or what's cool and i feel that christians really struggle with this sometimes phoebe bridgers wrote a song that's essentially about her desiring, wishing there was a God. She doesn't believe in it, but she she wishes there was a God. And it's this beautiful, beautiful um, song of desire. And and you know, the, there's a there's a verse in there where she talks about hating evangelicals. And evangelicals are so um, you know annoying, but that she would immediately join them. Uh, she'd give up everything, every tribe affiliation she has. She would be stopping an atheist if it meant she could see that her friend who had passed away again. And I think that's so beautifully honest. And it, it talks about a, an experience that is inherently religious. It, it's Christian. And so I think this song is a really beautiful example of exploring outside of the market. We typically understand, you know, say for the whole family, Caleb, Christian music explores Christianity um, in a really beautiful, beautiful way. And so listen to Chinese Satellite by Phoebe Bridgers. I'm going to curse i'm going to make sure I, I get all this out before my internet goes out again <laughs> i'm going to curse uh you already did god's not dead uh oh man there's just what, what's left fireproof yes um okay i'll, I'll fireproof, say fireproof war room whatever you know <laughs> well i have a good one for fireproof why i'm going sure. to um i i what i appreciate about fireproof is the the desire because what i saw the desire was was to make a squeaky clean Christian movie about a really dark and right, um, right, difficult, right. messy thing. And it didn't work because they had to fit inside of this market that was squeaky clean um, while, while talking about something that you can't portray. And so you, you had this guy who's dealing with porn. He's dealing with sexual addiction. He's dealing with um, w- with divorce. He's dealing with affairs, uh, as is the lead woman in it. And you have all these heavy, dark, messy things in this movie, Fireproof. But because of the market demanding it be squeaky clean, it really falls flat. 
because you aren't actually allowed to even uh, display the the depth of the the difficulty of these issues. And so it doesn't actually end up connecting. And as someone who has been through many of these issues that they're trying to display here, I felt it totally powerless in its ability to connect with my story or provide my story with hope. And I think that's a real shame. So I applaud the attempt to do that. But what I'm sad about is that the market demanded that it basically just be um, totally uh, uh, lifeless. It's just kind of a shell of what it could have been um, because it was it, it's so capitulated to the market that that demands this is what a Christian movie is. Um, so, yeah, so that that's my that's my curse. Okay, cool. No, that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to bless a couple of films. I mean, obviously, again, there's a lot of these different films that are like different genres that are great and are both Christian, non-Christian films. I, I've like I said before, I think I would qualify like Les Mis the, with, you know, Hugh Jackman and, and Russell Crowe as Christian film because it's it's explores faith, it affirms it, and again, the narrative affirms it at the end, so the narrative is Christian as well as the characters. Um, I'll even say, like, if you're looking at, you know, Christian, um, you know, sci-fi horror blockbuster example, Signs is an incredible film yeah. that, you know, again, it's, it's all about exploring, you know, if God is real, why do bad things happen? And answering that in a pro-Christian God way, for some reason they got away with that. Um, but but in it, but also it's a good horror blockbuster. You know, you just reminded me earlier, Ben, about you know, if you're trying to get that 18 to 34 year old male demographic, the book of Eli, you know, yep. is you know, it's yes. like it's like imagine Christian Mad Max Fury Road, but like yep, not, yep. but like not you know black rider but like you mean not, revelation road is that not, yes yes exactly <laughs> not exactly but not that in fact maybe that'll be one of my curses is like they're like they david arrow white attempted to do mad max free road but like make it squeaky clean and like with horrible acting and and writing um so but yes like that um but also i'm gonna bless is sort of an interesting counter example i go bless um life of brian which is oh, monty python movie about somebody who's mistaken for the Messiah, who's not actually the Messiah. And here's the thing. I think it's a brilliant satire centered around religion, but I wouldn't say it's a Christian film. And the reason, of course, is that it doesn't, it's sort of people from the outside sort of poking fun at sort of some of the religious ideas in a very smart and good way that I think Christians can get a lot out of. And I think actually fits the ways that the Bible satirizes people. But I was still not called a Christian film because it's still people kind of taking not a non-affirming way, which doesn't make it a bad movie. It just makes it not a Christian film. Um, then I will say for curses, um, but I definitely recommend it not for kids. That's not for kids, but I would recommend people watching watch that movie. It's so hilarious. It's like one of the funny, it's better than Monty Python and the Holy Grail to me. It's just the satire is so good. Um, the uh the curses I will do other cure. I'm gonna curse a, a Christian and non-Christian film. A non-Christian film, I'm going to curse, and I've done this before, but I don't care, is um, Yes, God, Yes, which is, oh, I never <laughs> saw it. which is, you know, it's got the uh, the Stranger Things girl in there. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's really, it's, but it is somebody talking about their kind of Catholic upbringing, um, you know, in, in school and how, you know, Catholic uh, and, and Christian, maybe not Catholic, but it's like evangelical Christian, um, uh, school and it's you know just they how they can't teach about sex well and they're not helpful teaching about sex and you know there's certainly a place it's not a christian film because it's certainly not affirming of any relationship with god or or are of those narratives but even worse than that i don't care i obviously i like life of brian that's not 
but it's it's very much it's jokes is centered around making fun of those weird Christians. And mm. I think at humor that's built around sort of saying mm. those uncool kids at the lunch table, look how stupid they are, I think is not, I think is, is harmful humor. I don't think it's, it's helpful. I think humor and satire yeah. should be poking fun in order to help elevate, um, kind right, of making right. fun over the, the sake of kind of making yourself feel superior is not, um, is not mm. good. So I kind of, so that's, I'll cur- that's my curse on, the realm of people trying to deal with faith outside of the Christian community and Real failing. Quick, yes. Did you ever see the movie Saved? I did not see that. That's still on my list to see. I would highly I, suggest that one. Yeah. yeah I, I've heard people. I've heard people recommend that yeah, highly. I actually enjoyed it. That, mm-hmm. that was a fun one. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a bless for me to go watch that. Um, <laughs> then I'll say for on the Christian side, <clears throat> I recently reviewed a terrible Christian film. I'm sorry, everybody who made it and love or loves it, <laughs> but is um. Uh, is life mark uh which is you know a a pro-life pro-adoption film and i'm you know which is great and things like but it is a film that i watched it i said somebody some christian finally decided to make a movie entirely without conflict Mm -hmm. where like every bad thing that almost happens doesn't and were for me where the worst thing was anytime somebody goes through something really bad they immediately are able to lean on the relationship with god and not feel bad anymore and mm-hmm. I had gotten to some discussions sort of online with some people because I, I wrote this review and people really didn't like it um, uh, because I was saying, look, this is a particularly for like families with their young sons. If their young sons are going through things that are really hard for them and are making them feel very angry to place this expectation on them that oh, what a healthy Christian boy looks like is these things don't weigh heavily on him. Um, is a very bad expectation and an unhealthy expectation to place. And what's funny is that you got a lot of Christian moms responding to me saying, well, that's an awful thing to say. That's, you know, my Christian son is exactly like this. And meanwhile, all of the private messages I got from young Christian men were saying, thank you for saying that because that's how I feel, you know, that I'm expected to behave this way when I'm really not. It's interesting. It seems that the Kinder Brothers, because I believe this is a Kinder Brothers movie, yes. have a desire to talk about big, meaningful, even dark, I mean, difficult things like abortion or sex addiction yeah. or affairs. But I don't know why they keep on trying to make movies about these deep, hard things when they're also at the same time so unwilling to actually display or explore them in really honest and and true ways that <laughs> like, that would have connect with the people who probably have been through them. Yeah. No, I'll, I, I guess, uh, hey, Kendrick Brothers, if you want to come on our show and, uh, you know, yeah. and, and you know, I feel like we're at the same level, like, you know, it's worth yeah, it for yeah, you to totally. come on our show <laughs> and, and explain. And this is not a crit- criticism of them. No. I'm sure they're great guys. No. It's just we're talking about art. Yeah. So everyone know that as we're talking yes. about this. Well, and we're criticizing people, that- criticizing words. Just to kind of add to that, within that Christian genre, there is a limit of sin that you are allowed to yeah. show and yeah. in there and i guess nathan the question is then should these stories be told within that wrapping or that sandbox that can be played in if you can't do it justice um that's a really interesting question i think to ask yeah. or leave it to a uh, spencer fulmar benjamin coppin to oh, uh, make go. an art version of r-rated realities yeah there you go a christian not not <laughs> not uh as i i would I, I would say definitely recommend people give them a shot and see see what we can see what yeah, we can do there yeah. yes <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for joining us on this episode. This was a lot of fun. Um, if, if people want our, if people are 
really excited about your vision for what a Christian film can be. Um, or even if people are not Christians, but they're just interested in seeing somebody portray faith in this kind of way, um, where can they go to see your work or find out where they can support you? You know, and anything, right. anything, where, where can we send them? Yeah. Our film is called pastor's kid. And so the, the website is pastor's kid, the movie.com. Um, we also have my production company, which is ironsidefilms.tv. Uh, if you want to go there, it has a lot of our commercial work, but we also have a page for all of our films that we are uh, coming out with or have released or are coming out with. And so the goal within all of our films that we're making is to have these faith discussions in some capacities. Some may be more blunt, some may be more subtle, but yeah, I think uh, that would be a great place for people to check it out. Fantastic. And I, and I will give a plug as someone who has seen this film, when it comes out, Pastor's Kid, Go see it. Truly do yourself a favor. It's uh, it's a rare gem in a sea of mediocrity. Mm. And I mean that across every genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so please go see it. Support artists who are being brave enough to buck the mold, but that'll ultimately be able to connect more people. Pastor's Kid is fantastic. And I wish I could endorse it a million times. So go watch oh, it. Thanks, but if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or you can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials and make sure, please... Um, support your local starving artist and writer. <laughs> buy my book. Buy my book. Uh, buy my book. Finding God in Hollywood that has the, a lot of conversations like the one we just had in it, and explores a lot of the topics and a ton of really fun behind the scenes stories. So please check out my book, Finding God in Hollywood. I'm gonna reverse. I'm gonna reverse this on you too, Nathan, and say if you are a person of faith in any capacity that's interested in the arts or film, check out Nathan's book because it will mm -hmm. give you the reality of what it's like to move to Hollywood as a person of faith and the real stories that you'll run into. I can't tell you how many, you know, going to a Christian college that had a film school in it, how many people were like, I'm going to go save Hollywood and had no understanding of the realities of how hard the industry is, how hard the city is. And I think Nathan's book really does help just prepare you for the realities of how difficult that industry and city yeah. can be. Yeah. Oh, thank you. As much as I want to pretend that I'm annoyed by the, you know, the hawking of, you know, of, of <laughs> Nathan's book on it, I'm going to also endorse it here. Uh, um, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. It's, it's not just informative. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. The, the heartbreaking poignancy of how both many aspects of Christian culture and many aspects of Hollywood both promise things that many people feel like they don't deliver mm -hmm. on. And that's the kind you of guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't, don't make me regret it already. Yeah. His ego's getting bigger. It's getting yes. bigger. I see it. <laughs> um, but yes. And if you want to get in touch with me, then you can find me at uh, josephholmstudios.com. It's my website. And also I'm on any of the socials as well. And also of course, overthinkers on Facebook. And uh, you can also find my, uh, if you enjoyed my bloviating about uh, his culture and, and film, you can find me at religionunplugged.com where I'm regularly uh, discussing those things. Also, I have a new article about Hollywood dystopias in relevant magazines. So check those out. Ooh. Yeah. And also, you're one of the Oscars. If people oh, yes. go read his religion, we're all, we're all endorsing each other. <laughs> yeah. Go read his new article in Religion Unplugged about the Oscars and their, their interaction with faith. It's really, really good. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. No, check it out. All right. Well, thank everybody so much for joining. Thank you, Ben, for joining. Thank you, audience, for joining. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.